This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 43. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm happy to welcome Terry Grimaud from the Hashtag Hunter to the Baller Circle. Terry is an entrepreneurial leader, trainer of business owners worldwide, helping them use free social media strategies to grow their market presence and their business revenue. Terry is an expert at helping people expand their positive business presence on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. So Terry, I want to know before we uh, move on, is there anything you want to add to that intro? Wow, wow. I thought you were going to intro somebody else, Michael. Um, it's, it's crazy hearing that. It's, it's, I'm so humble. It wasn't too many years ago I wasn't there. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know, at heart, I'm a family guy. I love to help people. And uh, I just, I'm very, I'm a, a very giving dude. And, and uh, it's, it's just a privilege to be on the show today. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. I'm glad to have you here. So, so Terry, what I wanted to do is I want to take take uh, take a step back, get, get in the time machine for a little bit, and go back and learn a little bit about your history. Because I know that you know everyone who's successful, especially you know has that has seen the level of success that you have. Uh, I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. I'm sure you're not an overnight success. So let's let's kind of dig into your past a little bit. So where where did you where did you grow up, and what was growing up like? Uh, yeah, sure. I grew up in Central Montana in a little town called Lewistown. Um, it's funny that overnight success you call it, you know, people come up to me all the time and they'll be like, man, I never heard of you. And you just burst onto the scene and, 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 and now you're this big earner and this, this like, yeah, that was a, that was a long, long, long nine year overnight. Right. That was, that was a long time. Right. But, uh, grew up in central Montana and it was, it was crazy. You know, I, I didn't know any different. Yeah. I never, I never got on a plane till my senior trip. We flew out to uh, Disneyland. We went there for a day or two. Um, but uh, other than that, I never took a vacation until my, my early 30s. I'm 33 now, but just a, just a few years ago. But I didn't know any different. You know, we grew up on very limited income, very blue collar. My dad went to work every day. Um, I had a little short college stint that didn't last very long. You know, my dad told me to grab my lunchbox and go to work. So that's where I came from. Um, very grew up very. My, my parents are awesome. They're amazing, hardworking people. But no wealth to speak of. No business training to speak of. No go read books to speak of. Right? I didn't have that. So um, that's kind of where I come from, um, and that's normal there, right? right? What we do, business, wealth of any kind. It's very agricultural and farming related. Um, and so if you do something different outside of the norm, you're kind of, you're weird. Like you're the black <laughs> sheep. You're like, why would you, why would you start a business? That's weird. Like let's, let's go work for Monday through Friday and go, you know, drink beer and party and do our thing on the weekends. Like that's, that's reality there. That's what it is. That's what all my acquaintances that, that, uh, I had there. Um, that's what they do. That's what they look forward to. They look forward to Friday night. Right. So that's the environment that I came from, um, and a few, like not very long ago, a few short years ago. Hmm. That's great. And so the interesting thing about that is I think you pointed out something really great that, uh, so many people, they, they follow a model of what they're used to, right? People in there where they right. grew up, who, you know, what their parents did, what their friends are doing. And then they think anything outside of that model is weird. 
Um, right. And I think that, that that removing that kind of mental barrier is so important for people to be able to see and open themselves up to possibilities uh, so they can, I guess, really expand beyond uh, the limiting uh, beliefs that they may have about what's possible for them. Uh, so was there anything early on uh, that inspired you to want to become an entrepreneur? What, what sparked this entrepreneurial uh, spirit in you that was different than, I guess, what, what your friends were doing? You know, it, it's funny, you know, uh, when I get asked that question, I don't really know when the moment came or when I wanted to be different. But I remember as a kid, you know, farming and ranching, you kind of do the same old thing every day. And if you try to hurry stuff along, if you try to do something quicker, if you try to take the shortcut, um, that usually leads to dad getting mad at you or, <laughs> you, you know, your boss getting mad at you because you're not doing it the proper way. And I remember that happening all the time. But when, when the entrepreneurial sp spirit really sunk in, I was an underground miner for eight years of my young life. And, um, I just remember a day where I, I just, you know, thought about, is this all there is, right? Am I going to go to work? Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually making decent money. I was making six figures at that moment in time. Um, but I was working all the time. And I just thought, is this all there is, right? Is, is this all we have? Is this like, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to come home and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to come home and they're going to own me for the next 40, 50 years. And then, and then I'm going to be dead beat, dead tired, dead. Who knows? I might be dead before I retire. And that's, that's all I got. And I just, I just decided to do something different. I didn't know how. I didn't know, like, I didn't know anything. I didn't have any education. I didn't have any of that stuff. But I just wanted to be different. And more so than that, you know, in, in my family at least, I see all these, you know, my grandpa just passed away here, um, you know, a few months ago. And, uh, you know, my grandma passed away a couple years ago. And I just look at all these hardworking people in my family for sure and probably in lots of others that pass away. And, you know, two, three, four years from now, they're really not remembered because they just worked hard all their life. And I wanted to create a legacy. I wanted to create something to be rem remembered by. I wanted to create something special, um, different than where I come from. So, um, I, I, you know, I can't go back to the very moment. I just know that, um, I just know that I wanted to be different. I wanted to create a legacy. I wanted to do something different and not blend in. I don't, I don't roll that way. Right. Right. So, um, what was your first entrepreneurial project? What, what was the first thing that got you to, um, I guess, to that stage of, let me try to make my first dollar doing something entrepreneurial? You know, obviously in, in my adult life, it's, it's been, um, it's been network marketing and I can't, I can't really remember anything, you know, as a, as a kid, um, where I, where I sold something like where I did something like that or, or peddled something or anything like that. So I think it was probably near as I can tell right after high school, it was, it was, it was network marketing, um, where I saw, holy smokes, like I can get in this deal and I can talk to a lot of people. I can build a team. I can, I can build a business myself and I don't have to go to work for the man. I, I think I want to try this deal. Right? right. So, and once I, you know, once I saw the vision, which I seen it immediately, I was, I was hooked. So the, the thing is, I, I want you to go through kind of uh, your, your overview of network marketing a little bit for people who aren't as familiar with it, because I know that um, in certain circles, network marketing gets a, a really bad rap. Um, some people, of course. you know, they think about like you're going out there and you're harassing your friends and family, trying to sign them up for of products course. and things like that. So give me your take on network marketing and, and kind of what your experience was like uh, when, you, when you started. Right. 
So network marketing, essentially, uh, number one, network marketing is, is just distributing. It's a business that distributes its services and goods instead of on the shelf like a grocery store or Target. They distribute their goods through distributors, um, meaning uh, instead of paying the store to keep the lights on, they pay the distributor to go out there and build a sales team or to, to sell the products um, because word of mouth is traditionally the best advertising out there. And of course, um, in our industry, network marketing, there's distributors out there that have made a bad name for a lot of the a lot of the industry, right? Um, it just has happened that way. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, but the industry is is great. It's it's been amazing in my eyes. It's um, it's one of the only ways the average person can get started in a business and create pretty much as much income as they as they want to is is they're willing to work for at a very low cost right most traditional businesses of any kind you either have to have a tremendous idea you know this um and you have to work really really hard um and not saying you don't network marketing but you know you have to you have to have this crazy cool idea or you have to do a franchise something and spend a lot of money and you're still under the rule and guidance of chick-fil-a or whatever franchise you choose so it's one of the it's one of the only ways that you can get started in business, um, and if you do it correctly, if you do it professionally, okay, you're not going to be looked at as that. The problem with network marketing, Michael, is is the problem with network marketing is is that it's it's too cheap to get in, right? Mm. So if it was like ten grand to start up that business, yes, that would take away what I just told you about getting in cheap, but people would treat it as a profession instead of this little, you know, thing that they're going to kick around on the sidewalk. So, um, that's why network marketing gets a bad rap, but I've had, you know, tremendous success in network marketing. I've built a, a great organization of some of the best friends I've ever met in my life in, inside of the industry. So as I look at it, it's one of the best business models around, um, because like I told you, pretty much anybody can get in, uh, for a very low cost and start a business. And I think that's what, you know, that's what, that's what makes, America great is to have opportunities like that. Right. So I'm sure there's a lot of people now thinking to themselves, that sounds like an awesome thing. I've been looking for some opportunity to be able to make some money. I don't have a lot of startup capital. I want to get involved in this. Um, what advice do you have for people who are looking to figure out like, where's the best opportunity? Uh, where should I, where should I get started? And what, what do I need to get started? Yeah. So number one, uh, get started with somebody who knows what, what they're doing. A lot of times people get started with they go to a home party or some friend talks to them that has never had success at all. Um, get started with success. It, it, it's not, you know, it's not, um, it's not rocket science. It's just like real estate. If I was to go want to crush it in real estate, um, I'm going to go talk to or hire or whatever, talk to the, the, the best realtor here in, in Dallas where I live. That's what I would go do. Right. And if they would either hire me or let me hire them, whatever I would, I would do that. I would, I would do that so I could learn from the best. So the, 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 the number one thing that people don't do is they think that it's not a profession so they don't have to invest in their education. Mm. So as you probably know, um, you know, every, you know I, I invest highly in our education and I invest highly in not only books and courses but coaches, trainers, you know, stuff like that. And you need to do that. You need, it's a, if, if you want it to create you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for you, you treat it as such. You invest in yourself 
And the second point is, is it's going to be a journey. It's not going to happen today. You know, you treat it as, you know, most franchises are, they don't even break even for five years. For five years, hmm. if people treated network marketing like that and they just did the deal every day, did what they were supposed to do and stuck to a routine that, uh, that was proven, then they would crush it. The problem is, is 90 days down the road when they haven't made a million dollars, they're like, well, this doesn't work. <laughs> so they stop and they quit. And the reason is, is because they didn't pay a lot to get in. So getting out isn't really a big deal to go waste 500 bucks, a thousand bucks. Um, that's not a big deal. But if you paid a hundred thousand dollars for a franchise, you're going to stick it out no matter how bad it, you know, stinks at some point in time. Right. So when you first started with network marketing, were you, were you the uh, rock star right out of the gate, or did you struggle a little bit? And, and what kind of what was your experience uh, getting into the, the the industry? Oh gosh, I was horrible. I was like the worst networker on planet Earth. Yeah. Worst, like I was the worst. I struggled for seven years mightily. Horrible, like horrid. I was the dude that 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 you're talking about. The dude that pesters his friends and family. I didn't know. Like I, I that's what I thought I should do. Um, and it took me, I'm a slow learner sometimes, and it took me a while to understand, a few years to understand that when you don't know anything about business or about how people work or about how to communicate or about how to influence any of that stuff, when you don't know anything about that, um, you, need to, you need to pay somebody to help you get through that. You need to pay somebody to mentor you, or it's going to be a long, long road. And it took me you know, I struggled horribly for seven years, but you know, a lot of times on the personal development journey or whatever you're trying to learn, I look at it as a football field, right? So we need to traditionally, of course, we can throw hail marys and we can have you know big post patterns happen, but traditionally we got to get in the red zone to score. That's where most of the touchdowns are scored from. So I look at that as a personal development journey. I wasn't even like, I wasn't even in the stadium. Heck, I wasn't <laughs> even in the same zip code. Like. I was horrible, right? Because I didn't come from that. When you're on, when you work on a farm and ranch, like you don't need to communicate, right? That's not what you need to do. You need to work long hours. You need to be willing to do anything, but like you have more conversations with yourself than anything else. So my point is, is that I needed to go a long ways. And, and until I started investing heavily in myself, um, nothing changed. You know, I would have spikes of, of growth, um, I would have, I would make a little bit of money, but until I highly invested in myself, you know, nothing really changed. Um, and then once I invested in myself, I really, really took off very fast. Uh, so that would be, you know, once again, my advice is, you know, don't, don't think you got it in the bag. Don't let your ego control where you go because you, you need to learn how to build this business the correct way. Okay. So let's talk about some of those investments that you made. Um, cause I, I'm, I'm sure. curious about, you know, if you're struggling, uh, cause I know a lot of people are thinking to themselves, okay, I don't, I don't have a lot of money. Um, sure. how do I fund these, you know, uh, investments so that I can become better. And then on top of that, how do I find the right people to invest in? Right, right. So to answer your first question, there's lots of places out there. I mean, we have, um, I've built several products for under a hundred bucks. There's, there's a lot of products out there that you can buy from reputable people. And you ask the second question, how do I know? You just look at their testimonials. And if you want to reach out to those testimonials, you can. Um, obviously, we can't believe everything out there, but most things have, you know, uh, guarantees on them. And, you know, if they're not what they say they are, get your, get your money back. You know, I mean, it's, it's just like, 
if you bought something at Walmart and it wasn't what you were, you know, thinking it was, you're going to, if you're smart, you're going to take it back to Walmart. Hey, this wasn't the deal. And you're going to get your money back. Same type of deal. Um, but if you don't have a lot of money, you just look at, Hey, what do I need? And if there's one thing that you need, and I'll go through some of the things, some of the purchases I've made, but if there's one thing that you need more than ever, you need somebody to grab you by the arm and, 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 and not only show you how to, but hold your foot to the fire and hold you accountable. Right. Because if you don't do that, it's not, most of the time, it's not strategy. It's not the how to's. It's not all of that jazz. You know, it's our mind and our mind talks us out of doing what we should be doing already. What we've told ourselves we're going to do because it gets hard. Business is, I always say business is the hardest game you'll ever play. You'll never play a harder game. You know, 95% of the people fail before they hit five years. Like 95% of the people fail. Like you're not going to play a harder game than business. It's hard on your mind. It just is. So I'm not going to try to pull the wool over everybody's eyes. You know, as you know, business is, business is hard. It changes every day. There's competition like crazy all the time. There's no rules of the game, right? There's no like pass interference penalty and let's get set up on the one. No, that doesn't happen, right? So um, my point is, is that you need to understand that going in. There's a lot of great rewards to business as well of any kind. We, we, uh, we run a marketing company as well as obviously our network marketing company. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, obviously big advantages to being a business owner, but it, it takes time. So invest in yourself. And we've, um, you know, we've certainly, I've paid coaches upwards of, um, I guess the most I've paid is 42,000 for a year. Um, paid a couple 19,000 years as well. Now we, um, now we're to a point where we don't really, in my mind, I don't think we really need a overall coach cause we're to that level. We, we hire people on in sectors. Okay. I need, I need some help with my branding or I need some help over here with my marketing or I need some help with my ads or I need, so, uh, but we still highly invest in ourselves, buy courses all the time, read books all the time. So if you're, if you really don't have a lot of money, literally don't have uh, enough money at all, what you do in network marketing anyways is you go uh, sign up in somebody's business that is a good, good sponsor. They're making money. They're doing well and ask them if they'll mentor you. They get paid off of what you do. So most of the time they will. That's the other thing about network marketing that's cool. So I, did, did that answer? Do you have any other questions within that? Yeah, I mean, so so that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, what what I was thinking about and a follow on question uh, to that is what? So what was the first thing? I know you're you know you're, you were talking about the nineteen thousand dollar investment, forty two thousand dollar investment. I assume sure. that w- those those weren't your first investments, right? Uh, obviously not. So so um, when you were let's say let's say like when you were early on, what what were some of your first kind of investments that you made that you thought were impactful in your business? Right. I remember buying a, buying a closing training on the phone. And I I think it was, I think it was like $97. And at that time, like I'd never spent any money. And at that time I was only making 35 K a year. So that was a lot of money to me. Um, and I remember, I remember buying this course. Um, I bought two of them like kind of the same day, uh, that one. And then I bought a mindset called mindset course called vibrational money immersion it was a total of, I think, 297 like 300 bucks. And I remember going, because I, I, anybody out there, I don't care who you are, unless you're a, a tremendously good marketer and you have amazing funnels and all this jazz, you're going to, you, when you get started, you're going to make your money on the phone, okay? I 
you're just most people are. So I knew that. So I needed to get good on the phone and I wasn't good on the phone. So I bought that course. And I remember um, coming out of there, you know, you feel like you have direction. You feel like, you know, I, I significantly boosted my results rather immediately um, after going through that course. And then I went, I went through it over and over and over again. So that's the first purchase I really remember. Not saying there wasn't something before that, but that's the first First one that I really remember that impacted my business significantly. Right. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so, totally. so let's talk about your business. So you're, you know, you're a trainer. Uh, yep. You're, uh, you know, you, you, you're this person that is an expert in free social media strategies, and I know that people love free stuff. Uh, so let's let's talk about kind of the, the training uh, suite that you offer and some of these free social media strategies. Yeah, so where that comes from is when I got started and when I when I finally made it in business per se, I didn't have money for ads. I didn't have money for marketing. I didn't have money to build this massive website. I just didn't have it. So I, uh, at the time, social media was just getting, just starting to get big, right? So I decided to, uh, okay, I got this free stuff here. Like, let's go use it. And I really became an expert on Facebook, um, personally, like I, 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 uh, I recruited well over, I recruited like 192 people off of Facebook alone, um, in about two years. And that's, 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 that's a pretty large number in the network marketing industry. Um, and we, we created well over $300,000, um, last year. And a lot of that was done, not all of it, but a lot of that was done, uh, just selling stuff on Facebook, selling my courses to people on Facebook, um, prospecting them on Facebook, using Facebook as that kind of tool. Uh, so what I do now is obviously I'm still in the network marketing game, but I, uh, I, I put training courses out like Facebook that teaches people. We all have these media outlets. If you watch the, not to bring up, you know, politics now, but, um, you watch election at all. Donald Trump was amazing at using free social media channels to, 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 to promote, to vote for him. Right. right. Um, and Hillary was not very good at all. And, and you, if you look at the stats, um, that, uh, Donald had over 10 times the amount of exposure on social media for free. That's the power. That's the power of social media. So, um, if you're not using it and if you're not using it correctly, you're, you're literally wasting money in my, in my mind. So, um, I teach people how to do that. And the number one thing is I, I do on Twitter and Instagram as well. But the number one thing is, is Facebook because that's where everybody is. I don't care if you're a 75-year-old grandma, you're checking on your grandkids and your kids and everybody in your family. Or if you're, you know, obviously 18 and just graduated um, high school, headed off to college, your your phone never leaves you. You're at the table and you take your girlfriend out to, you know, a, a nice dinner on her birthday and you're still on your phone, right? I mean, seriously, like you'll see, we, we went to Disney World, um, just got back here a while back and there'd be whole families like from, you know, they'd have three kids and every single one of them was coming back to the bus and they, they're all on their phone, mm -hmm. right? So we all have that in front of us 24-7 and if we're not using that to be in the ear of our prospect, we're just, we're just, we're just silly. We're wasting, that. that's, the times have changed that, you know, your phone, like Gary V says, your phone is, is the new TV. I mean, everybody has it everywhere they go. Right. So you mentioned, uh, something earlier about, um, 
you know, you're crazy if you're not on social media, but also doing it the right way. Uh, from your experience, what do you think people are doing wrong? Um, the number one thing, there's a couple things I see that people are doing wrong. They treat social media and you just can't do this. Okay. People treat social media like it's an advertising billboard or it's, it's, it's a, a radio station commercial or it's a, you know, who watches TV commercials? I don't know, but one of those TV commercials, right? So I, I, I don't understand where this came from, but people get on Facebook or any kind of social media channel and think it's just an advertising billboard. It's not. It's a communication channel to real people. I look at it as a, um, as a huge um, social media, like it's a huge party. It's a social party. And unless you, you're the dude that goes to the party to, and, and all you're doing is peddling stuff the whole, whole time, you're going to get thrown out or beat up, <laughs> one of the two. Like, don't do that. Like, I see people post links all the time or the first message back. I'm, I'm sure you've got this a, a bunch. First message back has a link in it. It says, go here and buy something, right? <laughs> like, that's – I posted something today, and, and this guy did it to me, and, and sometimes I like to play. And I said, uh, I said, dude, how's this working for you? I said, you – you, you act like, uh, or I, I said something about you're, you're like a carnival, right? I said, not to be, not to be, not to be mean. I want to help you, but you're like a carnival. Like you go to the fair or street fair and it's like two hot dogs for a buck, <laughs> right? That's what I, that's what I visually like. That's what it feels like. Like you want to, you need to connect to people. So that's the number one thing that people, uh, that people, you know, that, that people are doing wrong on social media and the second thing is that this kind of goes hand in hand, but don't post links. So one of the things that, that you have to understand about social media is people are not going there for you. They're not going there. People treat it like they're friends of yours because they love your product. They're not. They want to see their grandkids or they want to see that you know, stupid cat video or they want to see you know, other things on Facebook and you just happen to pop up in their newsfeed. <laughs> right. So – they don't want that. So make it a two-step approach. Once they comment on something, then you can reach out and, and say something to them or have a conversation and, and then you can take them there. But until then, like, don't do that. Don't be that guy. So, so with that, what's, what's the right approach? Because I know, are, are you, are you a, uh, a fan of automation? Are you someone who's just does all their posts uh, organically and naturally and, and, and posts like yourself or what, what, what do you think about that? Sure. I, I do a little bit of both. I, I certainly use, uh, there's a tool out there called Hootsuite that I use all the time, but there, um, there's, there's on Facebook, there's automation. Uh, I, I, I go in and I post my stuff, you know, in the morning, unless I'm going to be here all day and I'm going to post throughout the day or whatever. But um, you can go on Hootsuite, post a couple, couple posts a day if you don't want to, to post organically. Um, but with Facebook, there's not really a lot of stuff um, uh, on automation that is going to work. But if you're going to do it on automation, um, I think a lot of times when people think automation, they think of uh, distributing content. Like, I'm going to just put a whole bunch of blogs up there on automation or I'm going to whatever. As long as you're engaging and asking questions to your audience, you're cool. Like, so as long as you're asking questions and, and engaging them and engaging your target market and talking that way like you were in a crowd um, or that you had them all at an event or whatever, like that's cool. That No big deal. But when people get bland and talk about 
like I see this all the time. Well, where would you travel to if you could go anywhere? Well, like, come on, guys. Like, that's not something I'm going to say. You know, if it's not something you're going to say to your target market, if they were all in this big room, like, don't don't say that, right? Um, so I think that I think that as long as it's within that realm, I think you're good to go. Like I said, I use Hootsuite a lot, often, um, and I can pre-program my my posts that way. So I think that's that's a way you can leverage your business for sure. I personally like to leave it to what I'm feeling like that day because I might have a client like today. I, that story I told you about the carnival thing, I posted that. Like I have a lot of network marketers that follow me, so when I say that, like people comment. I got a whole bunch of comments on that because it was it was real time, and my world understands why you shouldn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I posted that on somebody else's page, they wouldn't get it. And that's the way you need to know your target market on Facebook. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so what's, what are some LinkedIn strategies? Because I've seen a lot of people using Facebook, seen a lot of Twitter, seen a lot sure. of Instagram, but I'm curious, um, what, how, do you, how do you leverage LinkedIn? You know, um, LinkedIn is a, is a pretty incredible tool, uh, or can be. And the, the cool thing about LinkedIn are, I guess, I guess there's a couple steps to LinkedIn, but number one, your profile has got to be good. Remember, uh, every platform is different and LinkedIn is all about professionalism. Bottom line is all about being uh, professional. People go there to find jobs. People go there to um, network with other people to find jobs. That's why they're there. Okay. They're not there to check on grandma's kids. That's not why they're there. So make sure your profile is professional. You have a good picture. It's completely filled out and make sure in your title, okay, that you have it, you, you, you've done some checking, um, around the SEO field and meaning search engine optimization, meaning if I'm um, a social media strategist or I want to reach out to people like that, I want to have that as my title because when people search, um, you want them to be able to find you. I have people find me every day on LinkedIn that way. So make sure if you guys have a LinkedIn profile, number one, you make it good. Um, but number two, you, you make sure your title is, is searchable, right? Make sure it's a title that, um, that, that, that people can find. Number two, LinkedIn's a great way. You can literally find anybody that's, you can, you can use the advanced search tool. So one thing I like to do is I like to use the advanced search tool. Of course, I post there just like, just like I do on Facebook, um, you know, I, I, I post there. I use Hootsuite to post there, um, and that way it posts on my Facebook and LinkedIn account. But I can reach out to literally anybody I want to to create connections there. So I can reach out to 20 people a day if I wanted to and um, get to know them, say hi, depending on if you're, if you're selling coaching services or, you know, you're, you're selling some kind of product or service or Obviously, in network marketing, I can prospect there to get people on the phone to bring into my company. So that's what makes LinkedIn really, really cool is that if I want to go make it happen, if I want to go hustle, and I'm all about hustle, if I want to go hustle to make this thing happen, LinkedIn is a great way I can reach out to more people and not, um, you know, there's no Facebook jail in LinkedIn or anything like that. So I can reach out to as many people as I want to. I will tell you, LinkedIn it's going to be a slower response time. It's going to be a day to three days. Most like Facebook, everybody has it 24-7. Wherever they go, it goes ding uh, or vibrates, and they check it immediately, typically. Uh, LinkedIn's not like that. They're going to get it to their email. It's going to take a day, two, three, four. 
Um, so I've had a lot of success on LinkedIn as well. Recruited a lot of people, sold a lot of products using LinkedIn because of that strategy. Okay. So you mentioned again um, the, the closing people on the phone. You, get, you reach out to people on social media, kind of bring them through a funnel, yeah. and then close them on a the phone. Can you talk about some of your phone closing strategies? What, what makes a good phone co- close? You know, um, number one, not, not, not making sure that you're not going to feel salesy. Um, it's kind of like that used car salesman. I'm actually not a tremendous closer, but I'm really good at building rapport, which allows me to close a lot of people. So um, what I'll tell you is I, I, I search for three things, okay? And if, if, if you can take this away from this call, there's three things that you always need um, and I've, you know, we've, um, we've had coaching clients upwards of 19 grand a year. Uh, so this isn't for just small stuff. Um, we have, you know, uh, just sold a mastermind out that people are coming to my house for $2,000 a pop for a weekend. Right. So like we, I, I, I do this every single day. So number one, you have to build rapport. If they don't like you, if you don't talk about something that you have something in common with rapport, um, likability in the first two minutes, in the first minute, 60 seconds, uh, it's over. Like they're not even going to hear you. Like the words are going to go in their ear and out the other. They're not even going to hear you. They're not, they're gone. They're, they're just too scared to tell you no, or say I got to go or whatever. Like they're done. So you need to get them to like you. And next question is, well, how in the heck do you do that, Terry? (laughs) You talk about what they want to talk about. It's like a, it's like if you want to take a chick out on a date and you want her to be like, like heads over heels for you. You talk about what she wants to talk about. You don't talk about NFL football all night. You talk about the theater or whatever she's into. Even if you know nothing about it, that's what you talk about. You ask questions around that. She'll think you're like amazing because finally a dude listened to her, right? <laughs> right. It's the same deal here. You need If you want – now, don't be somebody you're not, okay? But talk about things that they're into and they'll love you. Like they'll totally go off. Ask them a couple of questions about – because their spouse doesn't even talk about them. Like their spouse doesn't even ask them questions. Like it just doesn't happen typically. Mm-hmm. Second thing is, is I need to find a pain in their life. So um, if I go back to the network marketing reference, it might be a product or opportunity thing. But um, I'm going to look for not making enough money. I'm going to look for you know um, not liking their boss, wanting to do something different, well, something like that. If it's um, my Facebook strategies, it's, uh, I talk. I talk to people about: Are you making money on Facebook? Are you using it consistently? Are you finding success closing people? And typically, the answer is no. Or I'm having struggles here, or whatever. And then the third thing is: I call it my irresistible close, and it's very simply stating that back to them, um, saying, "Hey, I know that you're having trouble closing on Facebook. If I could give you X, would you want to take a look at it? So if I could give you, you know, whatever. If I could." You know, if I could give you 12 months of coaching, if I could give you whatever, um, whatever their pain was, the answer to that, would you want to take a look at it? Would you want to buy it? Would you want to pick it up? Mm-hmm. And typically they t- say yes, because now, remember, we all love to buy, every single one of us. It's a, it releases endorphins inside of us, but we hate to be sold to. So we need to get it so they're naturally going to say yes because it's solving a pain for them. If you get to that point, like me now, I close 80% of the people I pitch to because, because I find a pain first. Like I, I make sure that I'm – that's what business is at its core is solving a problem, um, solving a pain, giving a solution to somebody else at a profit. So those three things, if you have those three things in alignment, 
um, you'll close most of the people you pitch to. Uh, but it's just getting those three things in alignment. Okay, sounds good. I like that. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so, what do you what do you do for fun? What's what, what's some non business stuff that you that you do to to entertain yourself? Um, I love I love I love my family time. You know, um, I live here in in Dallas, and uh, I have two kids uh, that spend about a quarter of the year with me from Montana, and we we travel a lot. We travel. We just got back from Disney World. Um, about 10 days ago. So I, uh, I work hard so we can go play hard. So we, uh, we just, we spent 10 days there, took the kids out of school, spent 10 days there, um, had an absolute blast. We're headed to Montana again for, a uh, about a 10 day vacation this, uh, uh, coming up this spring. Um, we, uh, we had like a, we're, we're, we're planning like a, uh, uh, an all summer long, like it's going to be a four week road trip, um, up to Montana, Glacier Park, Canada, like, so we travel constantly. We're, that's what we do. Uh, that's what we love to do for fun. Um, other than that, we, uh, I do a lot of, you know, since we work from home, we have movie nights all the time with the kids. We'll, like just the other night came home and, um, they were doing their homework after school. I said, kids, why don't we have a movie night and, you know, do the whole popcorn thing, hot chocolate, marshmallows, just sit down and chill. I think, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned, Michael, is I, I certainly have been one that uh, will run myself into the ground and work too much, not be present with my family. All of us entrepreneurs, I think, have this issue. Um, that's what because we have to have that 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 quality, I guess you could say, that go quality to win in business, right? Right. And uh, but if you're not, you know, if you're not present, and that's what I that's one of the things that I. I really, really focus on is being present in any situation I'm in, um, being 100% there physically, mentally, spiritually, everything. Uh, and that's one of the things I do. And it, it's actually caused my business to come up because I'm able to get away for a little while. But um, it's all family for me. I love, I just love going and doing cool stuff. Both both the kids here play ice hockey. They're, they're really good playing ice. My, uh, my stepson here uh, is seven, and he's been skating since he's three. He's crazy on the ice, so um, every weekend is filled with ice hockey games. So that's what uh, that's what we do for fun. But the big deal is uh, travel in the world. I just it just does something uh, crazy to me that uh, that that's where most all of you know all of our free time is spent around the world. We're headed to the Philippines in in, in March. I mean, we're we're going somewhere all the time. So, uh, it's been fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Well, Terry, I really appreciate having you on the show. Um, you really provided a lot of interesting uh, bits about your story, about network marketing, about how to be successful, about closing people, uh, you know, doing social media the right way. Um, I wanted to know before before we close out, how can the Baller Circle learn more about you and get in touch with you? Yeah, they can just go to thehashtaghunter.com forward slash ballers with an S. Thehashtaghunter.com forward slash ballers. And what I did for you guys is I put a um, I put a, a giveaway together to teach you how to get 10 leads in your business every single day in under 15 minutes on Facebook. So you can head over there and pick that up. Like I said, thehashtaghunter.com forward slash ballers. And lastly, Michael, I just want to say uh, thank you so much. And anybody out there, it's obvious that uh, Michael brings you the the uh, you know the greatest guests and the greatest um, you know input to you guys, the greatest value. Just do what he says, and I know you're going to be uh, wildly successful. Keep coming back, keep pounding this info into your mind, and 
Michael, once again, I, I just want to say um, I appreciate, and to the Ballers community, I just hope I uh, hope I gave you guys some value today, and uh, thanks a bunch. Yeah, you definitely did. Thanks a lot, Terry. I appreciate it. That's our show for today. As usual, thanks for listening. Next week, I'll be speaking with Marcus Moyha from dnxglobal.com, and we'll be talking about being a digital nomad and his life on the road. You can check out the blog post for this episode, as well as other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha, and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.